0: hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of news for the soul online at newsforthesoul.com now let's get back to the show previously aired broadcast of news for the soul online at newsforthesoul.com now let's get back to the show and it's time now for inspiration to creation let's bring on the host Nina Amir to reintroduce herself herself and what's up for today welcome back thank you And welcome to the Inspiration to Creation Show. I am Nina Amir, the Inspiration to Creation Coach. With each show, it's my intention to elevate your consciousness by reminding you of who you are, a spiritual being having a physical human experience. As a transformational catalyst, it's my goal to inspire you to rethink your limiting beliefs, rise to your potential, tap into your inherent wisdom, and live a human life that truly feeds your soul. And I'm here to help you get out of your own way change from the inside out, and step into your power as a creator. Ready to get inspired to create something amazing? Well, before I dive into today's show, I again want to remind you that there should be time for questions or coaching at the end of the episode. So if you have questions about or would like to be coached on today's topic, which is transforming empty religious and spiritual practices into meaningful and spiritual, or you could say soulful, rituals and prayers, please call or write in. I'd love for you to call in so that we can chat. I really don't bite, but email's good too. To call in, dial 646-595-4274. That's 646-595-4274. Or email on the air at tellus.net, T-E-L-U-S.net. And all that information is, of course, at newsforthesoul.com. So let's start creating, shall we? If you feel like your spiritual or religious practices are empty or lacking something, or you feel like you're just going through the motions of your practices, then this episode is for you. I'm gonna discuss simple yet really profound ways to take your spiritual or religious practices to a much deeper meaningful and spiritual or soulful level. Excuse me. I became inspired to explore this subject, when my husband and I first decided to raise our children as Jews, I was born Jewish but, I'm not, but not raised with much religious education or in any really spiritual manner at all, but I was spiritually inclined, I guess you could say. My husband was raised Baptist but hadn't practiced his religion for a long time, and he was spiritually inclined as well. We had for some years been on a spiritual path together, exploring all the woo-woo, New Age stuff, and had taken lots of human potential classes and the like. We'd been attending a services at a unity church um, that was inspirational, not religious. And we'd explored Hindu ashrams and other things. But we decided to focus on Judaism, mainly to give our kids some sort of a structured religion to start out with. And as a result, my husband felt the need to do something Jewish. He was used to going to church three times a week as a Baptist. As a Reformed Jew, I wasn't used to doing much of anything religiously, and I'd taken the woo-woo spiritual path for many years, so we had to kind of learn this together. So we chose to celebrate the Sabbath each week because it seemed like something we could all do together as a family. And we did have these two very young children, and it seemed simple enough. We could go to services on Friday night or Saturday morning, or we could stay home on Friday night and have dinner, and light Sabbath candles and say blessings. Seems pretty, pretty easy. And we did a little of both. But Friday dinner and candle lighting became a weekly ritual for us. However, after a while, I realized that the ritual was empty for me. I knew how to light the candles and say the blessings, and I even knew how to make the traditional challah bread, but it had no meaning for me, and it didn't feel like a spiritual experience. I wanted it to be both. So I began trying to figure out how to make it both spiritual and meaningful, to fill the empty rituals with meaning and spirit, or you could say soul. And as I found stuff that worked for me, I began to write about them. I actually have a brief booklet. I produced a short version of what was meant to be a longer piece of work. Um, And I wrote because that's what I do. I share what works with me with others often through writing, in the hopes that it's going to work for them, too, or at least give them a starting place to find what works for them. And that's my hope for you today. And as I wrote about these steps and began to speak about them, too, I realized that they corresponded with some things the Jewish mystics or Kabbalists talk about when it comes to the Sabbath. They use the metaphor of inviting a sacred guest to dinner. So my insights first began in my head. You know, they're just me, my thoughts and my ideas. And then they expanded as I tried, <clears throat> as I tied my steps into this greater mystical idea. And you know, these days, well, most of my ideas are not even tried to Judaism at all. They may have arisen from there. But my, my beliefs, as you know, are much more eclectic. Anyway. <clears throat> So many people today feel their religious or spiritual practices even lack something and they want more. And why is that? Well, today's religion and religious institutions in general suffer from a fundamental problem. You'll notice it by looking at the number of churches in those towns or the numbers of religious radio stations and that sort of thing, which seem to show a steady rise in participation in organized traditional religion. If you look a bit closer, I think you'll discover something missing, and that's spirituality. <clears throat> all, all you have to do is look at the number of people attending Human Potential and spiritual workshops and joining personal growth and metaphysical programs to see the public's desire for meaningful and spiritual practices and rituals of all sorts. They're in these programs and classes because they're looking for what I call something more. A connection to something greater than themselves and it seems that they aren't getting that from their religious organizations or leaders and sometimes they're not getting it from their spiritual organizations or leaders either yet a quick stop at any bookstore proves the high demand for information on spirituality and religion if you pick up a mass market magazine for instance excuse me i have allergies today you can read one of many you know any number of articles offering suggestions for finding meaning in life or the power of meditation or connecting with source. You know, look at Oprah Winfrey's success and her guests who throughout the years have discussed these kinds of topics. Religion used to provide for the spiritual needs of the faithful, but now I really think it more often misses the mark. And while people might have their religious needs met by churches and synagogues and religious leaders, they often are forced to look outside of their religious institutions for ways to have their spiritual needs met. In fact, the lack of meaning and spiritual practices in the modern Judeo-Christian traditions have caused many of the religiously faithful to become religious dropouts. And that's what I believe has caused this kind of exodus from these religious institutions, and the growth in all the people who are looking for something more in other spiritual and mystical and esoteric traditions. So why do people feel their religious practices are lacking something? I think they felt trapped by their religious customs and laws and theologies, and they felt forced by the authorities and leaders of their churches and synagogues and mosques to do things in certain ways and at certain times, and they sometimes feel threatened by divine retribution if they don't comply. As members of a religious congregation, they've lacked a degree of freedom to practice their religion in a different manner, in a manner that seems personally meaningful and spiritually fulfilling. They've had to do it the way it's always been done, not the way they wanted to do it. They felt the need to conform to outdated customs and laws when what they really want is to express themselves in new and exciting and interesting and meaningful ways. They want to tap into something bigger than themselves and experience and express that. And when they can't, they're left with empty practices. But what I found is that anyone can turn an empty practice into a meaningful or spiritful one using the steps that I created, which I'm going to share with you today, of course. (laughs) Again, if you prefer... Rather than meaningful and spiritful, and I am actually using the word F-U-L-L because we're going from empty to full, if you prefer rather than meaningful and spiritful, you can say meaningful and soulful or meaningful, spiritful, and soulful. But the premise behind the steps is that you have to prepare and practice if you want to have a meaningful and spiritual or spiritual experience. Beyond that, the steps are based on the metaphor of inviting a special guest. In this case, it's a divine guest. And, you know, we talk about it as inviting that guest to dinner. So to begin the process, you imagine that each time you undertake a spiritual practice of any kind, you're inviting God, source, all it is, creator, universe, whatever you want to call it, the spiritual energy, to dine with you. You're inviting, whenever you undertake a spiritual practice, you're inviting source to dine with you and you go to special effort for your special divine guest now as i said when i created these steps i drew on the jewish mystical tradition kabbalah or kabbalah and i did that many years ago but the the kabbalah said that on the sabbath you prepare prepare for the sacred guest the sacred guest is sometimes said to be the sabbath queen now you don't have to be celebrating the sabbath i'm talking about doing these steps apply to any spiritual ritual that you want to create or that you already have that you feel is empty. But the Kabbalists, the Jewish mystics, said that on the Sabbath, you prepare, prepare for a sacred guest. And she is sometimes said to be the Sabbath queen. But she's also known as the Shekhinah, or the Divine Feminine Presence. So you're preparing to welcome the Divine Feminine into your home or into your space, into your ritual, Call it whatever you like, but this is the premise for the steps I created. So let's dig into the seven steps that you can use to fill any empty ritual, prayer, or other practice with meaning and spirit and soul. So step number one is spiritual preparation. Spiritual preparation. So we're learning why we do what we do and finding personal meaning in the rituals. That's the preparation. So before you can begin a spiritual practice or a religious practice, I'm just going to start calling them spiritual practices, you have to understand why you do what you do or say what you say. And without this preparation, your words and your actions are going to be meaningless. They'll simply be empty words and actions. And with little or no meaning, your rituals and prayers are not going to stir your soul. And you know I'm all about soul alignment. But when the meaning behind your words and actions touches your soul in such a way that you feel drawn to them, that you want to practice them and make them part of your life, then you know you're on the right path, the path to meaningful and spiritual observance. When you perform rituals or say prayers that possess meaning for you, when, when they stir your soul, you set the stage for a spiritual or spiritual experience set the stage for a soul-aligned or soulful experience. So in the process of discovering why you do what you do and say what you say when performing rituals and reciting prayers, you also discover which ones are meaningful enough for you to commit to practicing them on a consistent basis, you know, for any length of time. So the why provides the meaning. So it's the first step. It's the preparation. Okay, step number two. The sacred place setting. Learning how to perform the rituals and practicing them until they can be done by rote or come naturally. So the second step towards creating meaningful and spiritual rituals and prayers involves learning how to perform certain rituals and how to say specific prayers. Pretty simple. We learn what to do. And here's how I think about this step the divine feminine or creator or source. We're going to sit at your dinner table. You might want to know how to set the table correctly, or you might want to know how to cook the meal you want to serve and to plan how you're going to serve it so you don't stumble through and put a burnt rather than a roasted chicken, for instance, on the table before your divine guest, right? So once you know the how, you have to practice, practice, practice. Perform the ritual or say a prayer until doing those actions becomes rote. You don't have to think about them. And I get that this practice is going to feel empty at this stage, and that's okay. Because for now, I just want you to remember that you want to be able to say the prayer or perform the ritual without needing to think about how you're doing it. You want to do it by rote, habitually, without thought. And I know you're probably thinking, you know, this is just creating another empty ritual or prayer. But bear with me a little longer. So you know the why and now you know the how. And step three is creating the meal. Combining the why and the how to create a meaningful ritual that feeds your soul. So by learning how to perform rituals and say prayers without thought, by rote, you create a place for meaning to reside. I'm going to say that again. By learning how to perform rituals and say prayers, to do your spiritual practices without thought, by rote, you create a place, a space for meaning to reside. It's a void. Now you can fill that void, that space, with the meaning. You've set the table. You're ready to add the food. The personal meaning you have attributed to your spiritual or religious practices. And so that's where this first step enters again. Because as you perform your ritual or say your prayer, you're going to remember why you're doing what you're doing. When you go through the motions of your ritual that you've practiced, you now, because you can do that by rote, you can focus on the meaning behind each action. So you let your body move as this guided by something outside yourself. While your mind concentrates on the reasons, the purpose, of those movements. When you recite the prayer that by now you've practically memorized, you let the words flow as if channeled while your mind concentrates on the meaning, the symbolism, the purpose of each of those words. And if you can accomplish this, which isn't always easy at first, if you can accomplish this, you've performed a meaningful ritual you said a meaningful prayer. And you should feel spirit or your soul stir within you. That's the magic. All right, step number four, the divine invitation. Setting and expressing the intention to invite the divine and to experience its presence. So this is all about intention setting in step number four. Your intention is an invitation. So you're going to send an invitation to the creator, to the divine feminine, whatever you want to say, by adding intention to the mix. Before you begin your ritual or prayer, think about what you want the doing or the saying to achieve. What do you want your ritual or your prayer to achieve? Most people looking for a spiritual practice perform rituals and prayers with a desire to feel close to source or to, to feel their connection because you're connected all the time. And if this is true for you, you might invoke the divine creator's presence by saying simply, I intend to feel close to God, or I intend to feel connected to the source of all, or with this prayer or ritual, I invite the divine feminine presence into my experience. You come up with your own words, your own intention. And then you say this, or something like what I've mentioned, and you say it strongly and emphatically and with, you know, with honest desire before you begin your ritual. Take a deep breath and visualize what this would look and feel like. You do that right now. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Visualize what would it look like and feel like to set this kind of intention? What would you say? What is the invitation you want to send to the divine before you proceed with your ritual or prayer? See yourself. Hear yourself saying speaking your intention aloud, invoking the divine to join you, and then see yourself proceeding with your ritual or your prayer, your spiritual practice, and having Source join you. Pretty amazing, huh? So if your dream or your goal is to have a spiritual, which is the same as spiritful, or a soulful, the same as soulful experience, focus on that as your intention. Okay, so that's step four. On to step number five. Step five is the finishing touch, and that is having faith that source will arrive. That source will arrive. If you create your divine invitation but you lack the faith that the divine feminine or creator or all that is or source is going to actually respond and show up at your rituals or prayers, join you in your rituals or prayers, your invitation remains unsent. It's as if you, you wrote the invitation, you put it in an envelope, you even put the address on it, and then you left it sitting on your hall uh, whatever, hall table. The invitation remains unsent if you don't have faith that the divine is going to show up. It's hard for someone to respond to requests for attendance at an event when they don't know the event is happening, is it not? <laughs> so if you don't think source is gonna show up at your rituals or prayers, your spiritual practices, if you don't believe you're gonna have a spiritual experience That you're going to feel the closeness or connection to a higher source that you desire, it's highly likely that you won't have that experience. You have to have faith in it to have the experience. So you have to work on having faith in this step number five. And you have to remember that you're always connected to source. You're part of all that is, the collective consciousness. So yes, you're inviting it, to, to join you in the ritual, but what you're really saying is, I just want to open to experience what's in me, which brings us to step number six, welcoming your guests, having the cards to let the divine presence into your experience. To have a meaningful and spiritual experience while performing rituals, saying prayers, doing whatever spiritual practices you choose, you have to have the courage, the courage to let the divine presence into your experience. Opening the door to welcome your holy guest requires bold action, courage, and most of us lack this. This is where we fall down. We want the spiritual practices. And we don't have the courage to have them. And believe me, I know this. because I have been there and done that. And yet, so many people are going to argue that if what I've been seeking all this time was an experience of source, of creator, of the divine presence, why wouldn't I run to open the door when source, creator, arrives? Well, The fact is that fear prevents most of us from having that spiritual experience we say we want most. And again, I've been there and done that. So the question really becomes, what are we afraid of? Why are we afraid of the experience of the divine itself? Actually, we're afraid that that experience of source, of creator, might change us. We're afraid of how that experience will change us. We're afraid of source, of all that is, of creator. We're we're actually, though, afraid of ourselves because if we're created in the metaphorical image of God, not technically, meeting creator, meeting source can be likened to meeting ourselves, really meeting ourselves for the first time. Maybe that's what a spiritual experience really is experiencing our true selves the spiritual being inside this human body that we reside in and knowing we're all we're part of all that is because when we open that door and allow all that is into our experience it's actually been there all along but we haven't opened the door and actually allowed ourselves to experience source entering When we do that, we we suddenly know that it's all one. We're all one. It's all that is. We are part of all that is. So how do we find the courage to open the door and face the divine creator, to face ourselves? When we let the divine presence or divine feminine or all, all that is source, when we allow it to enter our lives and our experience, We complete ourselves. We allow part of ourselves, the part which we felt was missing, to return, even though it was never gone, never left. But we reconnect or we remember that we're always connected. And we allow ourselves to feel complete. So rather than fearing this experience, remember that it is a chance to become all that you are all that you can be. It's a chance to know you're a part of all that is, that you are a kernel in the divine mind or of the divine mind. It's a chance to come home to yourself. So there's really nothing to be afraid of. Well, some people are afraid that doing, having that spiritual experience is going to be powerful and change them rather than seeing it as a powerful experience that places you firmly in your power as a creator in your own right. All right, step number seven is enjoying the company, taking the time to experience the divine presence, all that is source, and feel spiritful. We live in such a fast-paced world. Our lives are rushed. Carried and overscheduled. For many of us, a daily prayer or meditation practice is squeezed into an allotted time slot and a short one at that. And that leaves so little time to really experience anything, let alone to really feel the presence of the divine, of creator in our lives. If you go to the trouble of preparing for, inviting, and welcoming in your divine guest, and you allow yourself the chance to linger over coffee and dessert, or maybe even have an after-dinner drink, everything changes. You don't rush off after completing your rituals and prayers, is what I'm trying to tell you. Instead, you allow yourself to simply sit and enjoy and experience what comes after you've finished your spiritual practice. That's where the magic lies. Allow yourself to feel, to sense, source. Allow yourself to experience what it means that transformed an empty ritual or prayer into a meaningful and spiritual and soulful one. Allow yourself to experience yourself with the divine as part of collective consciousness. As divine, sit with. The divine feminine, the divine presence, all that is, as if it were a dear old friend come to visit and you don't want that visit to end. I know some people get discouraged when they don't get results from this seven-step process immediately. I've been there and done that again, even though I created it. And some people are going to feel that this takes too much time and too much effort. They just want, you know, immediate results. They want to do a ritual or prayer and have that spiritual experience right off the bat. Some people also feel really alone in their efforts to have a spiritual experience. So they may stop practicing their rituals because they feel it takes too much effort and time. Just relax. Be patient. Be in the moment. Don't worry about what's happened in the past or what hasn't yet happened in the future because it's in the moment, in the present, that the creator exists. Source is in the moment. You have to be present. He even says this in the scriptures. Be still and know that I am God. So be still, be quiet, and develop a knowing that you are connected all the time and feel that connection. But allow your rituals and prayers to help you get there. Now there are people who have preconceived notions about what a meaningful or spiritual experience should be like. If that's you, you might miss one by thinking it has to look or feel a certain way. So be open. That still small voice within could be sourced talking to you over your post-dinner coffee. You might think you're just listening to yourself. It's not surprising since source is within. We're not looking for spiritual guidance and spiritual experiences to come down from above, but to open to experience them within. So here's a bonus. You can actually apply these steps to areas, areas of your life that don't have anything to do with spiritual pursuits. In fact, these seven steps work for anyone if used consistently and conscientiously and intentionally. They work at home as well as in any house of worship or in any office. (laughs) They can be used for religious, spiritual, or mundane rituals, prayers, or tasks. You just go through the same process with anything. So let's say you have a new job, for example. and you have a new job to do at work, and it feels kind of meaningless to you. So first, discover why you do that job. What's the purpose behind the actions? Can you find some meaning in that? And then learn how to do the job so well that you don't need to think about it at all. I know there are some things at work where you do have to put on your thinking cap, but I mean the actual actions. You don't have to think about them. You know what you got to do, and you do it. And then each time you perform that action, you can overlay the action with the meaning and purpose of doing it. I know people who work at fast food, you know, restaurants, and it could seem very meaningless from you know looking from the outside in, but they say, "Well, but I'm being of service to others." And if you're being of service to others, then you know, then there's meaning in what you're doing. Now, if you can't find a good purpose, you can always come down to being of service, just like I said. And then suddenly you have a meaningful job because you're serving others in whatever way. If you want it to be spiritual, add the intention that your work be of a spiritual nature or that it be of service to source, kind of like karma yoga. So that each time you do it, you invite the divine feminine into your home, your office, your life. Also, you can create a sacred space into which you invite Source each time you do your work. I'll do an episode on creating sacred space later. It's a topic that we used to talk about all the time. So if you create the sacred space... And you, if your intention to invite source into that space, then you still have to have the faith that your work does indeed invoke source into the sacred space or into your office or into the service actions you're, you're providing. And then have the courage to actually experience source in your work in some way, shape, or form. <clears throat> Decide what that might be like but be open to it looking or feeling differently. And then don't be in such a hurry that you don't allow yourself to have some sort of spiritual experience with your work. Maybe you don't experience a divine presence you know, in some huge way, but you experience, experience a sense of doing spiritual work. So simply be open and don't rush. Take time to allow for a spiritual experience, even at work. Now, I could see that you might consider these seven steps as, you know, requiring a lot of work and preparation and practice and time. But really, they're easier than doing what you've been doing, trying to consistently practice rituals and prayers and find, you know, and find meaningless, and, de- you know, prayers that you find meaningless and devoid of spiritual connection. <clears throat> if you aren't consistent, If you find it hard to create a habit of your spiritual practice, if you struggle with your spiritual practice, it's because whatever you're doing is not full of meaning or spirit or soul. It's not meaningful and spiritful and soulful. And if you can relate to that, my best advice would be to start with something that you really feel inclined to do. Pick a ritual or practice that moves you or that in some way is already personally meaningful to you. That way you'll be invested in doing it. You know, you'll you'll want to do it. You'll feel committed to doing it. Also, I picked something simple to start with. If you bite off more than you can chew, you won't stick with it. And as with any habit formation exercise, it's best to start small and then build from there. And remember that you don't have to do everything at once. You can start with one or two pieces of why information and concentrate on that, on the meaning. And on the how. You don't have to know everything about what you're doing. And later you can add to your knowledge base and deepen your practice. Just find one or two why pieces, meaningful pieces, that hit you in the heart or in the gut that are personally meaningful. That's really the point. And then add the other steps one by one. You don't have to do all seven steps at once. I didn't. Just build one step at a time. So as an example, here's what I did when I began. And again, you know, I, I started with the weekly Sabbath candle lighting. So I wanted to make that weekly Sabbath candle lighting ritual meaningful and spiritual. So first I learned why Jews light candles. But I learned beyond just the easy reasons, like because we're commanded to do so. And what I discovered was that the lighting of candles on a Friday night isn't even a commandment. So I looked for the origins of the ritual and the mystical symbolism behind the candles and that sort of thing. Because remember, I had been on this woo-woo spiritual metaphysical path. I wanted to find the mystical reasons why to do this. And I found things about the candles that were meaningful to me. I also looked for meaning in the preparation of the house and the setting of the table. Because what I discovered was the table seen as an altar in the home of the temple. The prayer over the candles was actually an invitation. So of course I practiced until I could light the candles and recite the blessings in Hebrew and in English and I knew all of that well enough to not only remember what the Hebrew foreign words meant but what the ritual of lighting the candles meant. I personally liked the two candles symbolizing a door for the divine feminine to enter through. Something I found in my research, there's two candles, in between them is the door through which source enters your ritual. And I like the idea of saying final petitionary prayers before lighting the candle. It's a bit like, you know, connecting to um, source and putting out my intentions to create something, right? To not just say I want help with, but this is what I intend to create and to enlist Source as my co-creation uh, team, right? And I saw, though I liked seeing the blessings in it as an indication that pulled the divine feminine to the home. The candle uh, flames were reaching up, and the blessing then pulled her down and through that doorway. I loved these images. They were meaningful to me. They inspired me. The intention was easy for me. I knew I wanted the ritual to be meaningful and spiritual for me and for my family. So I set that intention to myself as I prepared the dinner and before I lit the candle. And I kept it at the forefront of my mind as much as possible. I had to work on my faith, though, I'll be honest. I'd never had a spiritual experience. And I needed to work on my courage, too. I still work on these things, faith and courage. And I think probably these last steps are the hardest for most people, including me, and they require constant attention, faith and courage, and then, of course, taking time. Getting out of that rush, taking time to enjoy the guest. You don't spend time in your ritual or after your ritual. You won't have the spiritual experience you seek. So I like to try and take time and sit and gaze at candlelight, whether it's Sabbath or any other time and I imagine the warmth of the divine feminine surrounding me. I try to be open and to enjoy whatever little bit of spiritual experience I can have. And that often can be enough, that little bit. So be patient and know that any spiritual practice, and that's what this is, it's spiritual practice, seven steps of a spiritual practice, that it is indeed a practice. And just like athletes practice until they get good at what they do and then continue to practice to get better, You have to keep practicing. Yeah, spiritual practice. That's what we call it. (laughs) And as you practice, your experience will will get deeper and more meaningful. Your actions are going to begin to become more spiritual and to evoke a spiritual experience. And maybe at first it will just be a little bit meaningful and spiritual, but it will become more and more so as you continue to practice. And remember to pick something easy at first. I liked the Sabbath candle lighting because it was an easy ritual that came around once a week. It made it something I didn't have to commit to every day and it gave me time every week to do a little more research or to practice. And I got practice with the ritual every week. And you know, anybody can light candles. It doesn't have to be Sabbath candles. But you can create a candle lighting practice with you know your own ritual and your own prayers. And it's easy to do that. And the Sabbath doesn't have to be a religious Sabbath. It can just be a period of time in which you, you know, shut off technology and stop all the doing. So pick something manageable and practice. It is a spiritual practice and use the seven steps. To me, spiritual practice is worth the effort. Yeah, sometimes it's effort, just like sports practice is effort. And it pays off after a while, over time. The more you find meaning in the practice, though, the less it feels like work. So we're back to meaning, to the why. Why are you doing it? And if you're passionate and inspired by your rituals and prayers and filling them with meaning and spirit and soul, it's not gonna feel like effort you know, at all, really. And if for some reason you lose interest for a while, or you get frustrated, or you stop, and you find yourself just not following through on your spiritual practice, be easy on yourself. Try again and see if you need to change gears and find another approach, another way to make the ritual or prayer meaningful to you. To find some other meaning or symbolism that is that this you know brings us home for you personally, or maybe you just need to find another ritual or prayer altogether. Don't stick with something that simply has no meaning for you because it all starts with meaning. And although some say that if you simply go through the motions and keep focusing on your intention, the meaning and the spirit will fill the ritual of prayer anyway, which goes back to the idea of practice and patience and faith, I probably agree with them. So just keep in mind that sometimes you're going to succeed and sometimes you won't, but don't give up when you think you've failed. If you're not having that spiritual experience, maybe you need to change what you think it looks like. And just like falling off a horse, you have to get back on again. Just try the ritual again. It's like meditating. You have to keep doing it consistently, even when nothing happens, but you going down the rabbit hole of your thoughts. You have to keep meditating before you reap the rewards. So just keep at it. And in time, you're going to find your rituals and prayers filled with both meaning and spirit and also with soul. They're going to be soul aligned. They're going to help you remember and experience your connection with source and you're gonna find the actions that best suit your spiritual practice, the ones that work best for you, and you'll be able to apply the seven steps to many, many life arenas, which is gonna help you create a life that feeds your soul. So, Nicole, we have, I think we have a few minutes for uh, for some questions or coaching. Has anyone called or emailed in? By the way, the call-in number is 646 595 4274 or email on the air at tellus.net. Okay, Nicole, are you I just there? It takes a minute to find them. Yeah, I'm here. Um uh, takes okay. us a minute to get unmuted. I I uh, emailed them to you. <laughs> so I just gotta, oh, you emailed I them to me. Can find them now. <laughs> it's uh yeah, not a lot of sleep last night. Okay. Da, 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 yeah, I'm not da, seeing da, them, so I don't know where they are if you email them. Oh, here we are. I got them. Four questions. Oh, you've got them. Yay. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I have them in front you of me. Thank you. Four questions today. Okay. Let's see if I can get them all answered in the next few minutes. Okay. Tracy in Montreal. I can never get quiet time as a single mother of four. Do you have any suggestions? Um. Yeah. Tracy, the thing is... Um, I know a lot of single moms don't have a minute to spare, but what I would say is find even five minutes in the morning when you wake up, or five minutes when you go to bed, or five minutes at any time, and just do something. Find some short ritual. You can, for instance, light a candle, and you can intend for a source to join you, and you can do a little prayer, or, um, do a, a, a visualization of what you want to create, anything like that, so just find a small amount of time and do something spiritual in it. The other thing I'd say is look at how you spend your time when you're not running around with your kids and doing all the things you do. Like do you sit in front of the television for two hours because you feel like you need to just be a vegetable for a while, which I understand, But you could cut into that and take 15, 20, 30 minutes and use that time, okay? Uh, So look at how you're escaping, and instead of escaping, use that time for some sort of spiritual practice. I hope that's helpful, Tracy. Okay, Brenda in New York. I feel trapped in a codependent relationship, so doing these things is very difficult. I'm not sure what to do. Well... I'm not sure what the codependent relationship has to do with your spiritual practice. Because even if this partner of yours is watching you all the time, I would assume that you go to work um, and you have maybe, you know, a few minutes. You could go to work five minutes early and sit in your car and do a spiritual practice in your car before you go into the office. Or you could do it in the bathroom. Or you could decide to take a bath and do it while you're in the bathtub. Or you could do it when you lie in bed at night or in the morning. So I'm going to give you a little tough love, Brenda, and I'm going to say to stop being a victim of your circumstances, of your codependent relationship, and take responsibility for your spiritual practice. If you want to have one, create one because just because you have a codependent relationship does not mean that you don't have the freedom and the power to create a spiritual practice for yourself. If you have more questions about that, Brenda, feel free to reach out either through the station or to me directly through my website, okay? I hope that's helpful. I'm Lorraine in the UK. I am feeling blocks to receiving, which is affecting my personal power. How can I clear this? Well, remember that you always have personal power. If there are blocks to your personal power, it's because you're putting them there. You're choosing that. You have personal power and personal freedom. So I would start with making new choices, with reminding yourself that it's up to you to choose to access your personal power and your person and you have the personal freedom to do that so access that I don't know what your you your blocks are but you said you're feeling blocks well maybe they don't exist have you considered that that it's just in your mind that you have blocks because that's typically where they are the blocks are just in your minds and how you're thinking and believing and if you are believing you have these blocks then you're going to consider them real but they're not they aren't so To clear those blocks, decide they're not there because they probably aren't. They're just thoughts you have, beliefs you've formed that aren't true. Look for proof that there is no block to your personal power and then start taking action. Exercise your personal power and you'll see a difference. I hope that's helpful, Lorraine. Again, reach out if you have more questions. And last, I'll see if I can do this one quickly. Wendy in Boston. I'm in my 60s now, and my kids are grown and gone. Me too, Wendy. I haven't been able to find anything to be excited about doing, and I'm not sure what that's about or how I get out of this. Well, so, Wendy, when we are raising our kids and maybe working and all those things, and we hit our 60s, and suddenly we have more freedom, sometimes we just... We've stuffed it all down so far. We've stuffed, stuffed our passion and our inspiration and our desires down so far to serve other people we just have to kind of excavate them. And so I would suggest that you sit down and make a list of the things you used to be excited about, that you used to feel passionate about, the things that used to inspire you, and just start doing those, testing them out. Or notice when you're watching TV and you suddenly feel emotional about something. Ask yourself why that is. That's something I'm passionate about? And I think you probably need to, to search for a new purpose. You can choose your purpose. It doesn't have to be piano a purpose dropping on your head. <laughs> it can be you choosing something that's meaningful to you that you want to pursue. And what I always say is when you combine your passion with your purpose, you're gonna get inspired. So choose a new purpose, and then see if you can't find things that align with that purpose that you feel passionate about, and then you're going to get inspired again. So try those out, Wendy, reach out if you need more support. And I think we are at this point uh, almost done with the show, so I'm going to launch into my shameless self-promotion. I do wanna just say thank you to those who who have emailed in their questions, please feel free to jump on, a call, on the call with me. I'll start leaving more time for that once people get courageous enough to actually call in. But I'm really, really grateful for your questions and the chance I have to support you by answering them. All right, so speaking for myself, I really have to learn how to get out of my own way when it comes to spirituality and feeling connected to something bigger than me. Source, divine, feminine, creator, I really have to do the personal work so that I could let go of fear, misconceptions, and other blocks to having a spiritual connection. Or even beliefs about what that would look like or who I would become if I experienced myself as a spiritual being always connected to all that is. And that's why I'm such an advocate for both personal and spiritual growth coaching and programs, the two go together. Work on yourself and you're gonna open to the spiritual side of your nature. Work on the spiritual side and you're gonna find yourself confronted by the human ways you stop yourself from experiencing your connection with all that is. You are the only thing standing in your way of being the person you know you can be, want to be, are at your essence. Your humanness, your mindset and habits are what stop you from the spiritual development you desire. And that's why I created the Inspired Creator Community to offer both personal and spiritual growth coaching and training to those who want to fulfill their potential and live lives of soul alignment and to tap into their own power as divine creators. As you know, I'm a certified high-performance coach and an intuitive transformational catalyst. The coaching I provide is all about helping you step into being the person you know you can be, know you want to be, so you can fulfill your potential and purpose and access your powerful creative ability. It's about being a creator and a person who can express as a spiritual being having a human experience. Creating transformation requires a holistic strategy that addresses all of who you are. That's when you get quick and lasting change, which is why I provide both in the Inspired Creator Community. The Inspired Creator Community offers live coaching three times per month with me, not some other coach, as well as recorded spiritual training to help you step into your power as an Inspired Creator and create that that life that feeds your soul. To find out more, just go to ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. I-C-C, Inspired Creator Community. Ninaamir.com forward slash join I-C-C. Right now you can join the Inspired Community at any creator community at any time. Everything's recorded and archived. There's no right or best time to join except when you feel that intuitive nudge, when your soul whispers in your ear that it's time to change, time to transform, time to be who you were meant to be to fulfill your potential and purpose, to create what you truly desire and what is for your highest good. And you probably realize your soul is pushing you in that direction right now. And it is likely that sometime very soon I'm gonna close the doors to new members and only open them every three to six months. So you have a window right now to join whenever you feel like it, which hopefully is right now. How much longer do you want to, want to wait to step into your power as a creator to your human nature? You, know, you wanna get your human nature out of the way to so you experience your, your spiritual nature. Where are you going to be in six months or a year if nothing changes, if you don't change? In the Inspired Creator community, we focus on changing from the inside, because as you transform on the inside, your life transforms on the outside. What if you don't experience that transformation soon, within the next six months or a year? What if you never change, grow, transform, become what you're meant to be, do what you're meant to do, You probably realize that you could come to the end of your life and have regrets, and I don't want that for you or for me, and I know you don't want it. So if you agree and feel the push towards achieving your potential and filling your purpose and being your best self so you can live a life that feeds your soul, become an inspired creator today, join me at ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. Become a member today, okay? So I'm out of time. Go ahead and follow me on social media and reach out if I can be of service in any way. I hope to see you here again in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the questions. And until I talk to you next, go out there and achieve more inspired results. hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of news for the soul online at newsforthesoul.com now let's get back to the show